We have only 12 hours before the DMA reaches Earth. How's Michael? Scared. Same as the rest of us. She just hides it better. I think I needed that. And welcome to the Feminist Frequency Star Trek podcast. I'm Anita Sarkeesian, and this week we're talking about the very last episodes of Star Trek Discovery Season 4. That's episodes 12 and 13. And joining me is none other than the Dr. Ebony Adams. Anita! I can't believe you let me come back on to talk about Star Trek. You know we always get into it. It's going to be so Because I know good. you like to tussle. Are you, are you the doctor of Star Trek? I didn't have anything yeah, I am. To I'm say. a holographic doctor. It's oh, me, God. David Cronenberg, and Robert <laughs> Picardo. It's dope. We get together for tea all the time and talk shit about people. I would feel so much FOMO at not being included in that group of people. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Yeah. All right. Um, so you were you on the first? I can't. It was 500 years no, ago. No, I was supposed to be, and I believe it um, aired right around the time that I went on bereavement leave. So you had right. Leah Lord, if I'm remembering correctly, who's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you're gonna part of this episode is you're gonna have to give me a bullet point list of everything you talked about in every episode <laughs> so I can get up to speed. What? I'm sorry. You mean you haven't been listening to every episode Girl, of this show look, the look moment it comes look out? Face. This is a great conversation for radio. <laughs> I I love just not. so you know, we started this Zoom with um we're just like cameras off whatever and then like at some point Ebony just turned her camera on without saying anything and then was like I want you to see my facial reaction. Well, I didn't say it in a <laughs> sexy voice like that. It was really like, I want you to see my expressions. <laughs> I was, uh, I was um, exaggerating for storytelling effect. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So since you are just a random fucking guest on this podcast now, like yes, everybody child. else, I'm going to treat you like a random guest. Okay. Um, how are you finding this season so far? <laughs> Okay, so this is a little bit why I wanted you to give me a rundown of your reactions and previous guest reactions to this season, because I found it tough going. I really did. And it broke my heart because the show has all of the individual elements that you would think would appeal to me, but I really struggled to maintain interest um, over the course of the season, there were things that delighted me, and I hope we do talk about them. But overall, I I just wasn't drawn in by it. I don't want the show to go anywhere. I don't want it to ever be canceled. I want it to exist. But as for me watching it, you know, week on week, being anxious and eager to to catch up with it week on week, I might have I might have moved past that point in my my fandom for this show. You know, yeah. which makes me sad. It makes yeah. me sad. Um, what is the quickest recap I can say? I think, and our listeners are going to remember what I felt more than I remember. You know, uh-huh. you started talking about season two the other day with me, and I was like, that was trash. And you're like, but what about all these things? And I was like, and you're like, oh, oh yeah. Really? yeah. <laughs> and my brain is like, season one trash, season two trash, season three good. Like, there's no nuance in my memory. Uh-huh. Um, overall, I think. I liked the, I liked, I was interested and engaged in season four before the break. I think that mm-hmm. there was um, more things holding me in place that I thought were interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And then as soon as the break happened, I feel like the show, like the season fell apart, like mm-hmm. gr- dramatically. Um, so much so that um, Jera and Sarah from Women at Warp came on the last mm-hmm. episode and did not like what was happening. And I was like, they're like super fans. They're the people that come on this show and I have to be like, yeah, it's trash. And they're like, you're dumb. You know, like, and and Uh so it was really baffling to me that I was like, oh, you also, oh, it must be really bad (laughs) if you think it's bad. So that's where I'm at. I think there were some delightful things. You know, when Tilly left, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with all of you? Why would you ever do that? Why would you get rid of the best character? I don't know. Um, so yeah, I you know, I think there's there's not a lot of love for like where the season went. I was one of my big concerns was mm-hmm. that I don't think the star the new Star Trek shows, Picard and this one, do mystery mm-hmm. well. Um yeah. I think that and what I mean by that is I don't think that they're the conclusions of the mystery are good enough to justify mm-hmm. the mysteries. And that mm-hmm. is causing like a huge damper on um on all of these seasons, I would say. 
And for this one, I was a little bit like, oh, there's a mystery and it's causing massive chaos and harm and genocide and world ending. And mm-hmm. we got to go find out what it is. And I was like, that was the same fucking thing of the last season. Like, why are yeah. we doing the same storyline except like, you know, coked up, right? Like, like times a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that they maneuvered that a little bit better. I think that this was distinctly different in terms mm-hmm. of like first contact and and some of that that sort of thing. But I still, I don't think it played out well. One of the things that I realized about my interest in TV these days, and this is related to how I've been watching or not watching uh, Doctor Who lately as well, which is my A number one show, as you know. I'm just really not interested in season-long arcs the way that I used to be, um, particularly, as you say, when the resolution doesn't justify all of the work that's, I've, that's been required of me as a viewer throughout the season. One of the things that I miss um, from like the heyday of Next Generation was how there would be like a multi-episode arc, but it didn't carry through throughout the whole season in a major way. It wasn't the sort of like raison d'etre of the episode, right? So like the um, Picard being, um, what's the word? assimilated by the Borg, right? That happens over the course of a couple episodes. And it's not that it's resolved, but then we go back to like monster of the week. I miss monster of the week type viewing because I think it allows me to really immerse myself in the world of the, um, of the show in a way that might be counterintuitive. But when you have those monster of the week episodes, things seem to be slightly lower stakes. And so you get to have like silly or slow moments with the crew, you know, like the crew playing poker together or, you know, data painting, you know, like you learn more about them. I don't feel like I really know that much about the lives and the characters of the people of Discovery to the same depth. And so when you have these huge arcs, I'm just like, I don't care enough about most of these people to really care about this universe and what happens to them. I just don't. I think that um, I think this came up a couple of times. I think we talked about it with um, Ellie and Bobak, but like y- we don't know anything about this crew. You know, yeah. like there's no exploration of the other people. Like even when we got that one uh, Awosukun episode, you're, mm-hmm. I'm like, I still don't know anything about her. Um, right. You, and like her know. relationship with Detmer, right? Like, okay, one of the things that I do love about Discovery is how the gay people hang out together because that is true to life, right? Shows where there's like a single gay person, queer person in a group of straights, I'm like, that's not how it is. <laughs> like, queer people, we find each other. We know, like, <laughs> we're not the only yeah. ones. So I love that about Discovery and the found families of like um, Stamets and Culber and Adira and Gray. But interestingly, Owo and Detmer are not part of that, but they're a couple, right? I want to know what's going on with they're Owo a and Detmer. I feel like we've gotten hints about that. Back me up. Oh, I, yeah. I'm curious. Like, I feel like they're just kind of best friends because the show isn't shying away. I mean, the show doesn't shy away from queerness. So I would feel like it they would But see, this is what... Okay, so maybe what's going on is that Owo and Detmer are keeping on the DL and that's why they don't hang around the other gay people on that crew because they're like... We can't let this secret out. But P.S. Everybody knows that y'all like each other. Maybe they're maybe they have a secret like um, 70s style feminist separatist lesbian like politics, you know, and they're like, (laughs) fuck these fuck these gay men. (laughs) Could be. Could be. Um, Um, Okay, wait. Two more things. One is um, when what you're talking about around episodic and monster Mm -hmm. of the week. Um. I think is is very interesting. I don't know really what's happening on like network and like cable television so much anymore, but I feel like the trend in TV now that we have um um oh what what's it called like premium or like you know mm-hmm. it's like whatever the word is that we use for that like really really high quality like filmic yeah. quality television is moving towards uh, away from that model, right? It's mm-hmm. not 24 episodes because it's so expensive to make these really high quality um, right. uh, shows. And so I think we're moving away from that model. And I don't know, like at first I was like, I love that. Like, I love mm-hmm. that we're moving away from this shit. But I think that there is some place to reflect on 
what we can do when we have that with character development and relationship development. So I appreciate yeah. that point. Well, I mean, but- I think <clears throat> when you're talking about so the 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 huge example of like the episodic that will always be episodic is something like crime procedurals, right? So something like a show like Elementary or Blue Buds or whatever. Like there's a different crime of the week. We get it. <clears throat> so yes, the move towards um, compressed seasons, abbreviated seasons of six, eight, 10, 12 episodes is still comparatively new in the US. And I, I like you. I really like that because I think it, it requires like tighter storytelling. There's less flab. But I do think there is a difference about a show like um, Discovery that is only 13 episodes that nevertheless demands more individualized time with the crew than other kinds of shows. And maybe it's just that we never got really monster of the week type stuff with Discovery. From the very beginning, there were these season long arcs. And so everything was developed in service of that singular story. And yeah, I just, I want to know what these people do in their off hours. Remember when we, they had like that rave, you know, and it was like disco. And I was like, yes, more of this, please. Like more (laughs) silliness, more stuff that, you know, doesn't have anything to do with whether the spore drive is going to work or blah, 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 whatever. I just didn't care. I just didn't care. One positive thing I think about this Mm -hmm. season that I've really liked is all of the like woo woo mushy mental health stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the ways that um, it mental health is like a primary focus on this ship and with the crew and the way mm-hmm. that they talk to each other and recognize yeah. like, I'm not doing okay and maybe I should ask for help. Yes, um, yes. Those moments I think are really um, it, beautiful and wonderful. And like, I, I think I I almost forgive a lot of the problems mm-hmm. because I think they're like, they're pushing boundaries around like modeling, like relationship building self like self-reflection and mental health mm-hmm. how we care for one another they're modeling like inclusivity and like mm-hmm. actual like what that means in terms of putting a bunch of different people on a ship together and being like okay this is how you interact now mm-hmm. um and they're modeling a politic like a progressive politic mm-hmm. that so which we'll get into <laughs> at the yeah. uh, for the end of this but um that i think is really cool and makes me feel warm about the show, even if I'm like, what are you doing with this writing? <laughs> you know, oh, seriously. So yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And the person, the character um, whose journey this season has really, really resonated with me is uh, Dr. Culber, because it is so crucial that we recognize like the kinds of burnout that affect people in caretaking roles and how, um, Folks in those positions, by focusing externally, you know, um, to the detriment of their own well-being, can actually sometimes, I don't want to say make things worse, um, but can minimize their own needs to the point that things get really dire and it just compounds their own trauma. So, like, I love that they address that with um, with Culber. Because, I mean, dude has, like, every job on ship. He's the doctor. He's the counselor, which makes me laugh every time they mention it. Because I'm like, are there only 10 people on this ship? You couldn't get a single therapist. He has to see everybody. What the fuck? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let let me um read my really the descriptions I wrote in two seconds that are w- worse than Hit they it. normally are, Hit it. and then we'll get into these two episodes. So, episode twelve, species ten C, um, Discovery is frantically trying to get in touch with the ten C before the DMA crashes into Earth and Navarre and Titan, and they finally figure out how to communicate through lights and dust <laughs> mm-hmm. and and math. Book and Tarka are trying to do their murdery thing and Tarka attacks book because he doesn't want to do the murdery thing anymore. Uh, and then Reno is just hanging out in the background being like, being the best. Y'all are, y'all are not okay. <laughs> this isn't okay. Uh, Trina and Saru are having the longest possible courting. Oh my God. Just make no, out already. No, I love a slow burn. I, I, know, I was cute. into it. Um, episode 13 is called coming home, I believe. And it is, um, we see the Federation evacuating Navarre and Earth and the struggles with that. Tilly is back, which is what I should mm-hmm. have led with here because that I like, I might have yelped a little bit on my mm-hmm. couch. Mm-hmm. Um, Book and Reno are trying to figure out how to stop Tarka from doing the murdery things, but it's too late. But is it? 
uh, Discovery comes in and saves the day. Um, there's a bunch of what did I write? Wow, <laughs> there's oh, a bunch. Man. There's a bunch. Are we gonna make it? We're not. Gonna, oh, that's what I was trying to say. There's oh, a bunch boy. of like, <laughs> are we gonna make it? Oh no, we're not gonna make it. Oh my god, we're gonna make Where it. Did kind you of use energy. quotation marks to set off. <laughs> <laughs> to set off uh, your thoughts. Uh, they make it. Spoilers. Anyway, <laughs> anyways. All right, so let's get into it. Okay. Yes. So the these two episodes are like the rounding out of all mm-hmm. of the mystery and everything. Um, I think there's some like whatever. I the show has kind of lost me, but I also like first contact is fucking cool, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that there was some really creative stuff around communication and how do you do that, right? Like how do until, you until until the Deus Deus Ex Machina happens, right? And suddenly the difficulties in communicating just evaporate, right? They disappear and it just, so quickly. So oh my we god! Go from four plus five equals nine to former president Relek being like, it is incumbent upon <laughs> us to listen to the differences, to celebrate the small choices. Whatever. And I'm like, bitch, you're trying to tell me that in two hours you went from we just learned that they communicate with smells and lights. Um, to making like the Gettysburg Address and having the nuances. It was, Please. I was dying. Okay, like in the last, so there's, I don't, they may have thrown in a line of Zoro, Zora figured out the blah, blah, blah. But like in the last episode when they're having full sentence and Saru's Holland, apparently translating Holland. it, I was yes. like, that was convenient. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So how much more, okay. If this was a monster of the week, yes, we're yes. making big hand gestures here. Everybody's mm-hmm. making fun of me. Um, if it was a, a monster of the week thing, or like even a even a Borg thing, I don't know. This might not be true. I just I okay. Alternative universe episode four. Mm-hmm. What would first contact look like if it was slow and deliberate and kind of difficult and not rooted in your murdering? Are people right? Like, do you remember in Next Generation, um, the crystalline entity? Go on. So the crystalline entity, you know, um, appears uh, in orbit around the planet where Data's creator, Doctor Noonien Soong, is living, where Data was created, and Data's evil brother, Lore, (laughs) and and the crystalline entity. Uh, completely destroys the planet and kills all life on the planet, right? And there is a struggle in multiple episodes to understand the motivations of the crystalline entity and to try and communicate with it. And there's never, the show never um, resorts to the easy method of like, oh, we figured out that it communicates in trills and boxes of jelly beans. So let's just, you know, da, da, da. and then we're able to have a straightforward communication that's essentially in, in English. Like, you know, it's just hand wavy, right? They are allowed to get a sense, perhaps, of what the crystalline en- entity's motivations are, um, what its desires are. But there's never this very easy sort of resorting to the communication that we have here in this episode. And it just... I think there there is a way to have maintained the sense of like absolute difference that is involved when you're talking about a species that does not recognize individualized differences that you know lives in gas giants um that is you know worlds beyond us technologically without having the the crew figure it out so quickly. I just I think there's a the, a way to yeah. have done that. Do you know the 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 aphorism, and I'm going to paraphrase this incorrectly, but even if the lion could understand English, we would not understand him. Have you ever heard this? I haven't, actually. And the right. idea is that even if, you know, something that is so fundamental, whose brain is so fundamentally different from ours, even if we were given the tools, the superficial tools to communicate with them, we would not understand what they said to us, even in our own language, because the way that they put together thoughts and ideas is so completely outside of our realm of understanding. And that's what I was thinking the whole time. I was like, I thought it was going to stay with, okay, how do we communicate the, the subtleties of what we need to get across that, yes, we are one species, but here are these two men apart from us. We don't want you to hurt them, but we are trying to stop them. And if we can't stop them, can you stop them, et cetera? Like, 
How do you communicate with that when all you know is, mm, this smells like sadness and this <laughs> is the quadratic equation? Like, how do you put that together? But instead, it was just like, eh, we'll figure it out. And the additional deus ex machina of, um, what's her name? Trina, you know, being like, let me try and telepathically communicate with this. And I'm uh, like, oh, if you could have done that, why are you why waiting you bring till that now? Up now? I know. I had that now? same fucking <laughs> shit. I... I, I would have punched her. I feel like there's a tension here between, um, like, in this difficult time that we are all living in, having this nice, easy, like, every, like, mm -hmm. empathy is possible between different uh, peoples and, mm -hmm. like, put a, put a bow in it and everybody is saved and whatever. Like, um, I think that there is an argument to be made of, like, that might be the message that we need mm -hmm. right now. Um, I don't think it's the message. I don't think it's the storytelling that you and I like the most, mm -hmm. you know, that you and I resonate the most with. The, one of the things that I miss about Star Trek, earlier versions of Star Trek, is when you when I say monster of the meek, week, what I essentially mean is like self-contained episodes, right? So I miss getting introduced to tons of different alien species. Every week, there's a new planet, you know, planet of hats, whatever, Um but we get a sense of the larger universe. In Discovery, we see other species briefly, but only in service to the current episode and the current arc, you know? So, and we also don't see too many species that we haven't already seen before in previous arc. We aren't, we aren't introduced to too many other species. And I just, I miss that. You know, one of the things that I loved about Star Trek is this sense of the huge universe and all of the beings that are in it. You know, you also tended to get like more interesting and fun villains in those episodes, right? I think so. Yeah, no, totally. One of the things about um, just moving us slightly mm -hmm. away from that is the sort of individual versus the system stuff that's happening mm -hmm. in this in these in in this story arc in general. So you have Book and Tarka, and you also have Nadoye, and I think that these are interesting mm -hmm. things to unpack because there is a sense that um, these individuals um, can it pulls us out of the systemic institutional structures that actually mm -hmm. are why and how things end up happening. Mm -hmm. And that it, it makes it seem like one or two people can throw a wrench in everything and cause the end of the world mm -hmm. in a way that feels a little, um, you know, it feels like storytelling. Um, and so the fact that like book is like, they do try to justify why book and Tarka are doing what they're doing. But like the fact that book is still running along with Tarka the whole time. And then finally is like, Oh, you're going to do mass murder now. Maybe mm -hmm. that's my line. Right. right. <clears throat> Felt a little, a little like, okay, y'all. But the, the bit around like they were communicating and they were making progress and it took one person to ruin that. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I guess that's true. I guess that's a thing that could happen. It just felt a little like convenient to me, you know, like it, it felt like con like conflict for conflict's sake. Yeah, I think you have to set things up wherein a singular um, wrench can upset the machinery so that you can have a singular hero to fix things. And so in Discovery, how many episodes do we have Michael like suiting up, getting in a shuttle, flying somewhere, Michael figuring things out? And which is not to say that I, I hate that. I love that we're seeing this black woman in this position. Just be a total badass. But how often, despite claims to being like part of a fully collaborative team, does it turn out that Michael has the answer? Michael has the skills necessary. So you have to set it up so that it's kind of a one-on-one -on -one so that that makes sense. Yeah, um, that this that came up. Makes sense. This came up in a past episode um, of our show about how, like, I think it might have been Jarrah who said this about how, like, Michael's just always right and is yeah. always on and like doesn't mm -hmm. really make mistakes and is always, you know, whatever. And like, that's getting a little tired, right? Like, I I love it because I love that, like, I love that feeling of like this badass woman who's this mm -hmm. hero that just like always does the hard thing, even though it's the, the right thing, even though it's hard. But I also get it of like, Michael's also still kind of young and like, you know, there's, there's that whole scene between Michael and the president. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, the president's all like, you've, you've come a long way and you're like, okay, but like, 
But like Michael's been fucking awesome this whole time. I don't know. I just it felt no. A little... Can we talk about it? Because Anita, again, I I've been struggling with how much I just felt disconnected from this season, and a big part of that is my failing to find a way to plug in to Captain Burnham, and. I was like, man, I don't know how to articulate this to myself and I don't know how to feel about it because the versions of a Starship captain that I love are ones like um, Picard, who's my absolute favorite, or, you know, um, Commander Sisko on Deep Space Nine. And I'm like, am I just like battling an internal misogyny here wherein I think like a certain version of masculinity is more appropriate in the captain's chair and I'm just not accustomed to or happy with or comfortable with seeing a woman in that role? And so I'm thinking that through, right? But then I realized, no, my problem with Voyager, for instance, was never Janeway. I liked Janeway as a captain, you know? Um, What I didn't like was all of this stuff around it. I was just bored by Voyager apart from that. So I think it really has to do with, yes, Michael is so young, and I do not yet buy that she has the... I don't want to say gravitas, but like the sort of depth of experience and the breadth of experience to do what is necessary to be in what is essentially an executive role. Um, and so she seems to me like um, she would be better suited in, as a first officer in the vein of like Riker, right? So like Riker always going on away missions, being like action hero, whatever, right? That's where Michael shines. Um, and m- then growing into a captain's role. But I just feel like she was promoted too soon for me to be comfortable. I agree. You know? And I think that, I think maybe um, they're trying to do a bit of that Riker Picard energy mm-hmm. with the president and her, right? That there's still, a that, that Michael isn't the end all be all of command on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't, but it didn't play out it that way. It didn't take, right. I think you're right. I think they're trying to do that with both the president and with Admiral Vance, right? But we don't see enough. They aren't together enough for them to truly play off each other. Um, nor do we get the sense like with Picard and Riker that uh, Picard is like the statesman, the diplomat, and Riker is like, you know, kind of the like cool frat boy who's going to, you know, go in and t- kick ass and take names and then head to the kegger. But, you know, is also just a cool guy. Yeah. It, they in also, Discovery, Michael is always right. Yeah. And so, yeah, like, you know, the the president and Vance push back on her. She does what she wants to do anyway. And it turns out she's always right to have done what she wants to do. And they do this hand wavy thing to be like, Saru just li- like lines up for a second when you're like, that's not right. What does it mean? Seriously, seriously. I, I don't know. I don't know. Or first, whatever, you know what I mean? But yeah, I, I found, I did find that frustrating as much as I like, I do love a hero. I can't help it. Like I do mm-hmm. love like a person who, whatever, I, I agree that it's not, it doesn't fit and it doesn't feel right. Um, I like, I mean, you know, I have all the love in the world for Janeway and, mm-hmm. um, and I think something that both Michael and Janeway as women captains bring is like, the emotionality and the compassion and the like mm-hmm. the feelings bit that I think is really important in, mm-hmm. in this kind of role, right? Not the, the stoicism or the like sort of machoism that, that comes with, you know, but like see, a- that's interesting. Cause you watched Voyager and I didn't, I only watched, you know, episodes here and there. And so I clearly have an incomplete understanding of Janeway because my sense of her from the episodes I saw was that yes, she, she did not pr- pretend to be like, you know, an android, like an emotionless robot or something. But she also never let it, I I never questioned her fitness for the role of captain. There was always a little bit of distance to me between her and the rest of the crew where it was like, I care for you as my friends, as my crew, but ultimately... You know, I know more than you. I've been around the block more than you have. I I have the ability to take a more like global view of things. And that is why I have been invested with the authority to be this starship captain. Um, whereas like with Burnham, the other thing is, y'all, how how quickly 
did they adapt to being a thousand years in the I future? Know. I know. I've been thinking be about this. Like mentally soaking that up. Like, what the fuck? Everything is different. And yet it seems as if nothing is too different. It seems totally fine. What? I know. I've been thinking about that, too. And especially at the very end when Tilly's like, got a good life, felt my, you know, f- figured out my passion. I was like, the fuck? Like, yeah. I don't understand. Like, I I get because they did all like it was really annoying at the beginning of the season where she's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, So they're like they put a button in that whole thing. Yeah. But it was a little bit like I think the only like the trauma of what they all went through and their current state, I think, was only seen through Hugh. Yeah. And in that yeah. in that way, it was also the like the the destruction of an entire planet and species. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, it didn't even, it didn't even sit in there, but he was the only one that I felt like was really, um, kind like of being like, I'm yeah. not okay. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, although I did love, I loved that scene when Tilly was like asking for help, but didn't know how to ask for help. But it was like, I want to ask for help. And you're just like, Yes. Mm-hmm. model this i love this so good oh, so moments um, like that or the moment with her and burnham when they were talking about how they used to be roommates you know just those real beautiful moments, moments with the so two good. of them yeah so good but so, yeah i'm with you i didn't find the writing um of this season to be that stellar i do want to say though i did find the directing to be quite good sometimes. And I think the episodes that I really loved the most were the ones done by, um, I think he's the co-showrunner, Olatunde Osunami Osunsanmi. I'm, I'm, I guarantee you I'm mispronouncing that last name. So someone correct me. Um, but the last two episodes, even though I didn't like the writing, I did find like the action was really well done. Um, yeah. I, I, the directing I had no problem with during the season. Yeah. Um, Okay, so Trina and Saru, let's talk about this. They Please. are that was the most lovely. I loved it. I loved I loved that they're like yes. old lot like older. Well yes. also I yes. watched the first episode of Picard. I haven't gotten that far into it. And there's also like old people romance and I'm like I love I'm it. as an old person. This. I love it. I love it. Here yes. for this. So I and I thought what was really there's a really beautiful moment where Trina is like rebuffs him in a mm-hmm. meeting and and Saru is like, what is happening right now? Yes. And I love that he, that like cultural context, right? That he mm-hmm. went to um that he he's like in his in his way being like, Can we talk about something? Right to Michael. And Michael's like, yo, this is what Vulcans fucking do. Or whatever. Yeah. She's a Vulcan, I think. Um and I just thought that was lovely. And then when they're like, we're all about to die, I actually have a lot of feelings for you. What's <laughs> really sweet. So great, right? Like the communication that, that Saru is like, wow, I think I might have feelings for this person. And we don't get this gross thing where he just never talks about it, um, but instead does the incredibly brave thing to tell Trina hey, you know, I value your friendship, but I think there could be something more. So when we're out of this situation, (laughs) I'd love to explore that, right? And then his completely sincere and authentic reaction when he feels like maybe he he misread her feelings for him because she has rebuffed him. And then his joy at finding out that, oh, maybe all's not lost. Maybe it's because she's Vulcan and has to, you know, like... I loved it. I loved it. And I love that we didn't get a wrap up. I love that we didn't get a kiss or the Vulcan, um, you know, Kaminari version, however they're going to get it on. It's just two older people being sweet. I love it. I loved it, too. I will say there was one point a few episodes back where I was like, did Trina get hotter? Because she looks super hot all of a sudden. And But in the last few episodes, she started talking weird. And I was like, so that's what love does to you, baby. <laughs> Whatever. Um, okay, I, I know we're not really going in any order, but I do mm-hmm. want to shout out that in episode 12, Jet does some MacGyvering with fucking black licorice, and I was Yo. like, you're the best. This is great. You know who's going to love that? Um, Scandinavians. They love that black licorice shit. They do love that black licorice. Those episodes are going to be super. Um, Reno, among the people that I have loved from the beginning, so this season, my favorites were Stamets. Tilly, as always, um, Commander Harai, Admiral Harai, I don't remember his rank. The, the 
um, astrolinguistics dude who was always eating. I'm like, that would be my role. So great. Um, Vance and Reno, you know, like yeah. just incredibly compelling characters that I want to know more about. And Reno, every scene Tignataro is in, she elevates it. She really does because she has such a like, um, how do I want to characterize it? Just such a real uh, performance style. It's so naturalistic. It's so acerbic and funny. And it immediately deflates like the pomposity of some of the writing. It's just fantastic. Fantastic. 10 of 10. No notes for Jet Reno. <laughs> Great. Um, there's a couple of things that happen at the end. So I like, I completely forgot that I needed to watch this before we recorded. And so thank God mm-hmm. someone in the stream on Thursday night was like, I stopped watching Disco to come watch your stream. And I was like, oh, fuck, I got to watch Disco. <laughs> and <laughs> or else this episode, this recording would have been very different. <laughs> yeah. Listeners, I'm going to call Anita out here. We've been texting back and forth. She texted me and was like, do you think I could fake it if I don't watch the last episode? <laughs> I'm like, nah, homie, nah. If I got to watch this, you got to watch yeah. it. Um, okay, so a couple of things is that, um, okay, they modeled like the beginning of a transformative justice process mm-hmm. at the end here. And I would like fell over. I fell over a couple of times. Mm-hmm. This was one of them. So the fact, so they, so because they magically can communicate. Um, okay, 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 okay. Hold on. I got to start again. First of all, I just, there's so many things happening. So I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. And then all of a sudden I'm crying. So that's what Mm -hmm. happened in this episode. Um, When book dies, quote unquote, Michael, like. So good. uh, That was beautiful. I like, God. uh, um, Amazing. So her like, like, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And that's when I texted you being like, Mm -hmm. they can't, if they kill book, that's it. I'd like, fuck this show forever. And then her. Like, and then the crew all not knowing what to do and then, Mm -hmm. and feeling tons of compassion and then being like, this bad thing is about to happen and watching her face go, I can't feel this right now because I, like, it was stunning. Just so good. Um, And then you could just see a little bit of the the president's hand on her Mm -hmm. shoulder while she's like trying, well, while she's like basically collapsing, right? Mm -hmm. Um. So that I thought was just like so touching um, yeah. and so well done. The so then they have this whole communication and they finally are like, "Hey, you're murdering our people with the thing that you're doing. Like, stop doing mm-hmm. the thing." And they're like, "Holy fuck, we didn't mean to be doing that thing." And then <laughs> and then book appears out of nowhere and Michael's like, ah. "Uh huh." Okay, so that all happens and then book is like, "May I speak?" And we're all like, "Uh oh, what's going to happen?" Right? Yeah. And he's like, "This is not enough." Yes. You do not understand the harm you have caused. You have to stop doing this thing. Right. And you have to be vulnerable. And it's mm-hmm. going to suck for you. And it's it's necessary. Right. Yes. And I was like, yes. Like, this mm-hmm. is a person who has been harmed by people who have caused harm. And the abuse is cyclical. Right. Mm-hmm. That these people have caught that have caused harm has been caused to these people. They have then caused harm. You know, right. That's that is tr- yeah. what happens. Um, And then for them to say. We have caused great harm. We are filled with great sorrow. We will make this right. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy fuck. Yo, like that is deep, the beginning uh-huh. of accountability. Right. Yes. And and then, you know, like they're not going to do this on the show, but like what the process of what that means or whatever, and them taking the first step of admitting it, mm-hmm. taking the first step of bringing the shields down, of stopping the DMA, like as a, you know, and and them having to reckon with the fact that they have caused harm that same harm that's happened to them before like fucking stunning i was floored by that me too me too and i was not expecting it because i expected that when they said like oh we're so sorry about this i'm paraphrasing because i speak fluent tensey um we're so sorry about this we will move the mdma which is what i kept calling it to you know uninhabited areas and then yeah that moment where book is like no this leaves a toxic mess behind Um, And so if you are sincere with wanting to offer, if you are sincere about your regret, that involves this kind of reparation. And let's be honest about the fact that this reparation does not negate the harm that has already been caused. Um, But this is the the least 
that you can do. And it is hard. And reparations have to cost the abuser something. You know, there has to be a cost involved. Otherwise, it is worth nothing. You know, it is worth less than nothing. So, yeah, I mean, I just thought that was such a it was such a brave thing to say. It was such a necessary thing to say. Um, And yeah, it is moments like that where I'm like, okay, discovery, damn it. I was probably not going to keep rocking with you, but looks like I'm going to keep rocking with you. you Okay, so then. Okay, so then the other thing is, let's talk about like um, Tarka. Uh, sacrifices himself, which is a very easy out, so we don't have mm-hmm. to deal with Tarka. And that's, you know, that is end of the story kind of thing, which yeah. I think is a bit of a bummer. Um, Book gets, um, like, le- there's this whole speech. Essentially, that- he gets community service. Yeah, like, Rillick gives this whole speech about, like, m- like, why you do something matters or else it's not justice. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, but, like, like the, you know, it's that's like almost it, right? I was like, you almost got it, but like not, you know, like it's a little more complicated than that. So, mm-hmm. like again, what is the reparative process that you go through, right? As opposed to punishment, <laughs> right. but like actual reparation, exactly right. what we're asking Ten C to do to mm-hmm. some degree, right? Um, so yeah, he gets community service. There's this weird thing of like, well, if he's going to get community service, it's not like him and Michael aren't going to see each other again. So that right. ending didn't feel like, yeah. And then he just like. Over, like I'm like if I'm never gonna see my I don't know when I'm gonna see my lover again we wouldn't be mm-hmm. sitting across the room from each other like yeah so they're just like sitting there and then he just like evaporates Boop. and you're like yep. why weren't they holding hands or like touching or it was that was weird to me um yeah. and then and then we get the scene Nadoye you know participated in mm-hmm. this this harm um volunteers for a suicide mission which I wrote nice and easy convenient closure yep survives mm-hmm. uh we have no idea what her punishment is in this whole process it because d- exactly it doesn't appear to be any basically if you feel bad if yeah you're the federation which, you know if if you're part of the good guys if you feel bad then your your crimes such as they are are just sort of like hand waved away but it's but it's also if you feel bad in a way that the president has seen because Mm -hmm. like what about the person that murdered somebody on you know fucking outlaw planet 26 and that's not like that isn't how you Mm -hmm. do this right you would have to go through you can feeling bad is a a pro like admitting that you did harm and Mm -hmm. feeling bad is a part of the process but it's not like then you're just done. So yeah. that was weird. Like the justice piece of it, I feel like they they missed a couple of steps, right? Like they do, but I, this is this is common, right? Because in a lot of our media, the heroes, the good guys, the putative good guys, will commit all manner of atrocities that are forgiven because they are the good guys. You know, whereas those same actions taken by people who are considered the antagonists are never to be forgiven. Their motivations ultimately are not enough to save them from justice or punishment. But the good guys, by nature of them being the good guys, we accord them so much leniency, you know. And yeah, I mean, I'm full scale prison abolitionist. I don't want to see Ndoye or Book like just thrown into a totally. brick somewhere and forgotten. You know, um, you know, there's that great episode earlier in the season where there's that uh, that colony or that asteroid or whatever that's got the prisoners on it. And like everyone gets life sentence, you know, <laughs> no matter what their crime was. So but yeah, just it, it seems as if Ndoye is just going to go back to work on Monday. Book's going to go pick so, up trash by the side of the road. And like we just move on. No. Nah. Yeah. It's but it's it. They just they. Yeah. OK. But so then you have this ending scene mm-hmm. where. Motherfucking Stacey Abrams Yo. walks off the ship as the Yo. president of Earth and I fell off my couch. I was like, listen, if there's one thing this show does, they gonna hire a black woman in a role, right? So always for it. They're like, we gotta need a doctor. Cool, doctor's a black woman. We need a captain, captain's a black woman. We need whatever, you know, is we need a general. It's going to be a black woman. Need someone in the background. It's going to be a black woman. So I should have expected that they were going to get the 
black womanist of black women <laughs> to politics. be president of the United Federation. And you can't tell me Stacey Abrams didn't look dope as fuck in the outfit they put so her in. So good. I was like, I, yes. If I, was, you know, if I was yeah. into like our current political system, I would. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. I was like, look, I know I'm not down for all that shit, but like, yeah, if you're going to do something like yeah. that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I And I was like watching that scene and I was like, you have Nadoya, who's a black woman. You have Michael, who's a black woman. You mm-hmm. have Stacey Abrams, who's a black woman. And like, it shouldn't feel special that there were three black women in positions of power in leadership mm-hmm. in this room, but it was fucking awesome to Dope. see, you yes. know, like, because it is special. Um, and I look forward to it not being a special thing, but like, and then the fact yeah. that like Michael and Stacey Abrams walk away and they're the two people who are having mm-hmm. this like important conversation to wrap up the whole show. Yeah. Like what? Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yes. I don't know what has happened over at CBS um, that essentially I I feel like they're just letting the showrunners do things because I feel like if this were on network TV, um, there's there's no way you would have a starship that was crewed primarily with people of color. Primarily with queer people. And primarily with women. There's no fucking way. But we get to have that. And so, y'all do me a favor and do a little better so I can completely be in love with you, please. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. You know, I, we can talk episode by episode and be like, whatever. But like, Mm -hmm. overall... This show is doing some doing the stuff we want to see. They're swinging for the fences. They rarely make it, but they swing for the fences, and I appreciate that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a home run, but it's yeah, it's dope. So I feel like that's a nice way to wrap this up. Um, no, it isn't. I haven't done the hair report. Now introducing the hair report with Ebony Adams. Coming in hot. Okay, so this season continuing with the incredible upgrade for hair with michael burnham she's still got the individual braids now i have done extensive research screenshotting walking close to the tv adjusting the angle of my face as i looked at it i am convinced that what we have what sonequa martin green has has gotten for this season is a combination of individual braids in the front third, so like uh, of encompassing her forehead, going back about halfway, and then on the sides and all the way back is crochet braids, simply because of the way the braids fall. I think this is an incredibly smart um, strategy for her hair because we know that black women get played in hair and makeup in media all the time, right? And the excuse they use is that, oh, there's not enough uh, black people in the union we can get for you. And so you have these people who don't know how to work with, you know, highly textured hair. And so people coming out looking a mess or they have, you know, uh, they come out of like Tyler Perry Studios with those $1.50 Party City wigs. It's a mess. So they're like, okay, the world of episodic TV means we may be filming something on Tuesday that is going to be in an episode 17 episodes from now and then the next day we're going to it's all out of order right but the hair has to be consistent so this is a great way of doing it you know but yeah you can tell from the way that her hair lays that it's not all individuals because they would have pulled it all back at some point she would have had a bun whatever she would not always have it free but sometimes i think it is a lace front an individual braid lace front and i'll tell you why this is because the hairline sometimes is too perfect across it is completely uniform and not in a way that you would have if the hairline was shaved but if the hair as if the hairline is is false you're not gonna be able to tell it there's not gonna be like a a perceptible like um texture difference or color difference because they're too good for that but the hairline itself i'm convinced is a lace front if anyone wants to talk to me about this on twitter i will tell you the episodes where i think she's wearing a lace front wig versus the individual crochet combination i think i have two listeners in particular who know exactly what i'm talking about who are gonna hit me up i can't wait to hear your thoughts on this my point michael i'm very happy what's going on with her enjoy uh, not enjoy it oh whoa oh shakun's hair the last two seasons, yo, my girl be looking fly. She is so gorgeous. And so gorgeous. So gorgeous. But like the, the volume, the height, the, the moisturization, 
you know, the color is her eyebrows, whole thing, 10 out of 10, no notes. But that girl in the background on the bridge, yeah, they play her with that wig because (laughs) it's like a hair hat. It looks like it could blow (laughs) off at any moment. Like the part doesn't look right. Pluck that shit, please. I'm not saying you got to use all your got to be glue and gel hooking that up, but there's, you have to recognize how terrible that looks. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Great. Great. Oh, sorry. Last thing. Admiral Vance, I just want to run my fingers through his hair. That <sighs> salt and pepper pump girl. I know. He's. Mm. And then when you see his family. Again. Well, I was like. They go oh. hire a black woman, right? They're like, okay, we need to get someone. Hire a black woman. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's special. So speaking, fine. Speaking of special. Mm-hmm. Uh, my man is coming back on. On the show. He is. On his own show. Uh I don't know how to uh feel about that. We'll see. We'll see. What do you mean you don't know how to feel about it? You feel great. It's okay to feel good about things. You can feel joy, Anita. Allow yourself. Thank you. It's Mm. been a while. He and I have been uh, distanced for some years now, so I'm really excited to rekindle our marriage. He's returning from the war. The minute I learn how to Photoshop for real, you're going to be so sick of me. More sick of me than you always are, because I'm going to Photoshop you into so many pictures with him. It's going to be ridiculous. All right, should we rate these episodes as yes. we do? Uh, you know how this goes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, what are um, we rating on? Okay, so I'm rating them individually, right? Yeah. 12 or 13? Okay. Or what, you can do it however you want to do it. You know what? I'm going to aggregate them because they're both directed by my boy, Olatunde. Um, and I did feel like directorially, we went out on a strong note. Story-wise, I would have made some changes, but whatever. I'm going to give them... Mm. 10 out of 16 hydrocarbon scent trails for for episode 12. And yeah, a, a further 10. So I'm giving 10 out of 16 uh, hydrocarbon emotion scents. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel I hate writing things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate this part of the show. I should have cut this episodes ago um i feel like i feel like the two episodes before this one were so fucking bad that Mm -hmm. i didn't hate watching these ones so i feel like Mm -hmm. i'm rating them higher because of that feeling um so i'm gonna give them seven out of ten light shows like the like laser light like really dope ass colorful light shows you know yeah i like like pink floyd planetarium light shows. yeah fully Mm -hmm. fully so um you know it was it it, we always just spent an hour talking about it it is what it is the show is what it is yeah um thank you all for going on this journey with us and thank you all of our guests for coming on and talking to us about their feelings about discovery and their perspectives on star trek we will see you at some point in the Star Trek future. <laughs> Live long and prosper. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I did it. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.